Get ready to transform how you communicate and market, not only in business, but in your life. This is Marketing Matters. For more information on today's show and other topics, visit ryansowers.com. Here's your host, best-selling author and national speaker, Ryan Sowers. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another Marketing Matters with Ryan Sowers. I'm your host, and we are broadcasting live here on Business Radio X. On every episode of Marketing Matters, we talk business, marketing, customer service, sales, and much more. Let me ask you to start by supporting those who care for this show, and that includes Gwinnett Women's Small Business Collective, our good friend Michelle Sutter, who is actually in the studio today, so we're excited about that. Uh, and as always, my illustrious co-host, Jane Bishop, owner of Take the Next Step, janebishop.live. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing awesome, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, doing good, great. good, good. And Jane is doing everything. She's got a mask on, and she still yes. enunciates better than the average human. So um, that that is a kudo to we you. We do what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. You, you do what you need to do. And uh, so, but super excited to have uh, Michelle Sutter, who we just mentioned. Uh, she is with World Insurance Association Consulting Group, uh, Senior VP of Employment Benefit Consulting. Michelle, welcome. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank me. you for your sponsorship. Yeah. Thank, thank you for you. being a part of this. We really, we, we give you shout outs every time. It means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. I'm glad you're back today. It's a great support of the local business and that's what we work to do. Absolutely. And I also want to welcome Rick Sutter to the show. Uh, Rick uh, was with the Agent Agents Marketing Group. Rick, Rick, welcome to the show. Hey, Ryan. Thank you. Awesome. Now, um, that you two have the same last name. Is there some connection there? I don't know. Yeah, it's great. Oh, by default. Um, Answered his personal ad in the paper 25 years <laughs> oh. ago. We're was still it that, here. Did you drink pina colada? Isn't that the, yeah. isn't that the one? The law, what's the song? Did you like pina colada? I can't sing. Colada. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the pina colada song. Escape. Yeah. Escape. Yeah. Escape. Escape. I knew it. Yeah. I can name that ah. tune Ooh. and can't sing. <laughs> well, I shazammed it. I said this in an earlier show the other week. I'm still using Shazam. And oh. unfortunately, I realized my kids said it's not that cool because you can just type it into Google. But I'm still staying with Shazam and Around Me. I, I doubled down and kept Around Me as well. All right. All right. Okay, All right. great. Good. Shout out to the like 80s. We're ourselves here right now. We? Yeah, uh, we're going to get the show started with, uh, um, what do we need? I want to rock. Yeah. I want to rock. Yeah. I want to rock. You want to do your life. I want to rock too, Mike. I want to rock. Yeah. All right. Okay, it's giving us the vibe. All right, enough fooling around. All right, all right. And we got to get to business. All right, okay. let's, let's rock it on to the business. Uh, we'll rock it on onto the business. Yeah, there we go. All right. So uh, we'll just, um, we'll start with you, Michelle, with all your background and stuff. Just let our audience know uh, your history, your background, and let's just open it up and then we'll move to you, Rick. All right. Well, I've been um, honored to be partnered and working with World Insurance Consulting Group for the last 16 years. And we handle clients all over the country, so we're licensed in all 50 states. And we focus on insurance products that are typically group-based, but we also help individuals. So insurance has definitely expanded since I first got my license in 1987, so when you go back to the 80s. Well, that's what we play that for you. We got plenty more 80s songs, but we we don't want to work. And I'm rocking my 80s hair for you, so, you know, keep it alive, and it's coming back. So big hair's in. It is. So... Uh, but just really working with employers, especially now, uh, the last year, 10 months, has been definitely challenging for them, not only from an insurance standpoint, from a human resources standpoint and managing all that comes along with uh, COVID and employees and working remote and compliance and 
anything and everything you can think of. We work to support our employers and our clients the best that we can. But our main focus, of course, is the insurance that we provide the employees. Let me just ask this real quick. I'm curious just because all the people I know, but how many, do you see most of your uh, companies you're working with, a lot of their staff is working remote, correct? Or it depends. It, well, one, it depends by the state because okay. I have clients all okay. over the country. But I, we've seen a huge shift. In the beginning, there was everyone, of course, was doing mm. it. Now it depends on the situation, how many people, what state they're in. Uh, but I've seen some go completely remote. I was just curious to see, and, you know, are we looking at a trend potentially depending on the position, depending on the state? I was just curious from a marketing, I, you know, I how's think it you look? do see a trend of um, them looking at the bottom line of how much it costs to have <laughs> a physical space and the, and the cost of commuting and and some companies weren't necessarily comfortable with remote workers because maybe they thought that they didn't work as much. But in reality, oftentimes you work, work more, more yeah. because it's right there. So well, it's been kind of a forced situation. And the reason I'm bringing yeah. that up is we're going to jump to Rick. But I just think I see some meetings for like the soccer booster club locally that my wife's on the board and I do the announcing for. They've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings. And then even when they can get together with mask in person, they're still giving an option to Zoom in, which I think will be something that stays. You yeah, know, because we, you can't live this way for a year and, and not have some things change. In, in some ways, I think you have people that are engaging more. I've had people who had no clue what a webcast was a year ago, <laughs> and now they're Zooming all the time, and they're doing, you know, senior Bible studies in church via Zoom. So it's not just in the workplace. Uh, so I do see it coming more and more into play, but I also see a downside to it that people are missing that in-person right. interaction. So that's a challenge, uh, too. Well, yeah. so we'll jump up to Rick. I, I did tell my wife that the other day. I said, I miss so much doing the, I know you do, Jane, you know, training and speaking. For, sure. I mean, this is the the, the most, we, you know, but there's so many people like, you know, they're just, just not, not doing that right now. And so it's just, uh, uh, what's one guest on my other show I have? He said he's a Zumbi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I don't know. About oh, no. It was pretty the, funny. He's yeah, on there's Zumbi. some days where I go, oh, it's a Zoom call. I'm not Zoomable. I'm yeah, not right? to brush my hair and I'm get not, ready to go. I'm not camera ready. Well, let's hear from Rick. Rick, yeah. what do you? Give us some information about yourself. Okay, I uh, met up with Michelle about 25 years ago, and we uh, created a merger, and it's been great ever since. Uh, I'm part of a group called the uh, Agents Marketing Group, and uh, again, I bring about 25, 30, almost 30 years of insurance experience uh, to the table. Uh, from a training, recruiting, teaching sort of uh, perspective, so... Uh, that complements what Michelle does very well. Uh, recently met a gentleman in Athens named Sam Massey, and uh, he was looking for uh, a way to expand the footprint of his business. It is uh, part of a national association of insurance company wholesalers, so um, I told him I'd do that for him. And, uh, you know, we are the Georgia representative of a company called Insurance Designers of America. Okay. And so, yeah, and uh, we trade under the name of Agents Marketing Group here. That's local. awesome. I awesome. just have to ask both of you, how did you choose or get into this industry? Good question. Well, back in 1987, I started as a bank teller for a savings and loan. That's what that the Twisted insurance. Sister guy said, too. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> Sorry. Not good and answer. they were a savings and loan that sold insurance. So through that position, as I worked my ranks up in the bank, we were licensed and then sold what they called that back in the day on the platform. And we sold the first policies of long-term care and term insurance and um, annuities. So back in the bank is how I got started. And then throughout the years, my jobs have 
molded and melded and I always said I wouldn't do health insurance and somehow <laughs> here I sit 16 years later doing it and just having a blast um but uh it just it wasn't like a plan it just um fell on my lap where for him it's a family business tell us more rick (laughs) okay well i did i grew up in an insurance family in pittsburgh pennsylvania and uh, the steelers didn't do so well recently i will leave that that. (laughs) (laughs) i'll leave it at that Oh, no, I'm from Buffalo. Go oh, okay, there you go. And, and Buffalo's looking good. Yeah. Huh? So yeah. Leave it at okay. Yeah, and so I, I've been in both on the retail side, uh, agency ownership uh, in both Western New York, Western Pennsylvania, and then uh, I tried the corporate side of things, and I became a company employee, rose uh, to the top of all state benefits uh, at, in, in that company. Uh, retired was was retired from them in 2015, and been kind of doing my own thing since then. Uh, so, uh, yes, started out in the family at the dinner table, and here I am sitting across the table from you. So. Oh, what a journey. <laughs> well, what's funny is in my consulting yeah. business, I've worked in numerous family businesses, started them, consulted with them, and I've seen about everything you can possibly see. I mean, they say, they say what do you use us get? I said, depends on the situation and the family setup. So that's, uh, there's a lot of dynamics involved with family businesses. I'll leave it at that. Good, uh, yeah. bad, and indifferent. You know, everything involved with that. That's but. why we've always kept it separate. We enjoy being married. Right. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it, it really is very, yeah. very true. And I've seen some of the most bad things happen to family businesses that people have consulted with or seen personally where it's, it's almost a choice between the relationship or the business. And yeah. Yeah, so that's not that's not good. I mean, we talk business all the time, but we just try to keep it somewhat on separate yeah. roads so that we're still our own. Exactly. And then we come together at night and pretty much 24-7 talk about insurance. Sure. But oh, that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, look, speaking of insurance, either one of you jump in. You know, right now, uh, what one of people, what's one of the biggest misnomers that people don't know about insurance? They just hear the word insurance, and, I mean, I know, like, um, long-ter- long-term care and some of these things, people don't even begin to understand. I know enough just because I've heard a little bit, but not enough like you guys do. What are some things that you would say right off the hip that people, when you talk to the common person, go, I had no idea or I don't know anything about that? Yeah, long-term care is a very heavy subject right now, and so I you know, made it part of my core uh, business. Uh, yes, uh, the cost of people having to take care of themselves, the aging of America is come to the point where People are having to go into their savings, obviously, mm-hmm. to cover the cost of, you know, eating, dressing, doing all the daily activities that are necessary to get by, and that comes at a price. And long-term care insurance was really created about 40 years ago as a nursing home type of coverage, and then it's evolved into what it is today. Uh, very um, intricate, a lot of moving parts to it. A lot of counseling has to be done with a client prior to getting them into the right position to make that type of purchase. Is there, is there any, I mean, and I'm, you know, in insurance, I know there's all things you can and can't say, but is there any general age guidelines where you say, hey, you should consider looking at long-term care? Yeah, we bought our In our 40s? Yeah, we were in our 40s when we bought our first yeah. policy, which was maybe a dozen years ago. Because yeah. I've seen what it done to yeah. My mom was a caregiver for my dad. That's all hard it was. And I think one of the misnomers with long-term care is people assume you have to be in a nursing home. Most of your care is not. It's at your home. People want to be able to stay home so you can have policies that help pay for that care to come to your home so you don't have to go to a nursing home. Gotcha. Let me, so and home. let me yeah, just yeah. give one word of personal testimony. Yeah, do had, had my parents not taken out long-term care many, many years ago, they would not be able to be cared for as they have been. Uh, my dad 
graduated last year and the care that we were able to provide in home because of that help, it doesn't cover everything, but because of that help and what we're able to do and, and I can provide for my mother now is largely due to their long-term care insurance policy. Yeah, but it's definitely, I have people that yes. will call when they're, you know, we heard, had someone ask the other day, well, my mom has Alzheimer's, can I get it now? And it's challenging because it's sort of like buying car insurance after you got in the accident. Right. Is you do have to plan ahead. Yes, you do. Probably one of the other insurances that I've had more questions about, in addition to people understanding their health insurance, because that's a big challenge there, is people don't understand the basics of how that works, is disability insurance has become a big thing this year, is people are worried about being out for COVID and not having a right. paycheck. So how does that, yeah, tell us a little bit about, I don't I'm not familiar, is I'm trying to, these different terms are helping us. So yeah, do, disability insurance is insuring your paycheck. Okay. So if you were to be out not working and used up all your PTO days or your pay time off or your sick leave, how much do you have in savings to pay for your bills, your mortgage, your expenses? Uh, and the studies show that right now the average American has less than 68 weeks in savings. And with some, what they call now with COVID long haulers, you could be out a while and, you know, not realizing, you know, what that impact would be. So I've had a lot of education on insurance. People want to know how how COVID works, how preventive care works, how testing works, where can they go, all of that. But then also other questions of realizing that so often over the last few years, everyone focused on just having health insurance, but they missed all the other pieces that could affect them. And in some cases, infect them more negatively from a financial standpoint than the health insurance piece. So just let me just ask, because I'm curious, you know, we got a, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, Jane's an entrepreneur, you know, you've got a lot of people that, you know, so say, you know, you're one of the main cogs on the wheel and, you know, you fall and, you know, you, you hurt your back and you can't move for four. I mean, is that, does that yeah, work? Yeah, you can get individual or you can, employers buy it for their employees because they don't want to set the precedent and say if you have 50 employees and one of them's out and they can't pay their bills and they come to you and say, hey, I need help. Okay, so you feel bad and you help them. But then employee number two gets sick. Okay, well, you can't set that precedent, so you insure that risk by having the insurance company pay them, and they receive a portion of their paycheck because you never want to incentivize an employee not to come back. Sure. But that's definitely been one that we've seen more questions if I looked at in the last year. But literally, in this day and age, you can insure everything. I mean, we just rolled out a new... <laughs> <laughs> we just rolled out a new pet telehealth, so now you can. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, so you don't want to go to the doctor to oh the my. vet, and you say your dog like it's it's, really you can just be on a f webcast with your dog or your cat, and it, there's it, everything out it, there. It, there's legal insurance, there's oh. pet insurance, there's <laughs> that's we got I, it that's all. The, that's what's you know because people it's such a big bucket you know and, and you know I was asking because you guys can educating i think there's more people that want to know you know they think insurance i guess the first thing they think of is health insurance i guess and navigating that but you're talking about all these other pieces and you've really got to be with experts like you guys to know how to even navigate something well the interesting thing is for years we've all been taught on our car insurance to buy that oh the higher deductible the lower the cost and i'll pay if i get in an accident but then that thought is forgotten put aside when it comes to health insurance because would you rather pay a higher premium to have the best plan and then if you never use it, you don't get that money back or pay for it when it happens? And so a lot of times they just they forget that it's the very same concept Is insuring your car and your body yeah. <laughs> that makes and sense. that you don't need to pay you just look at what the risk is and doing the math i say that's one of the famous things i say at work all the time is do the math and oftentimes people they do the math in so many things but when it comes to health insurance oh i'll just take the best and i'll be like 
but well, does that make sense right and okay. that and that does work because when i took when i purchased my long-term care insurance policy almost 15 years ago the the thing that caught me and one of our former guests was i was in one of his webinars what seminars was this annual fee that you pay will likely cover one or two months of care period mm -hmm. so if you put do the numbers do the math and put it in context it gives you a whole different picture yeah. i'm just curious how to our listeners what are two or three things that uh rick for instance you can help the listeners understand how they can better advocate for themselves or perhaps maybe even questions to ask you know, you know, you have to look at your own personal financial situation, and I'll go back by saying long-term care was really not invented for the super wealthy, or it was not created for people who are going to become wards of, of the state. So it's for the working middle class, and you really have to look at how much you, um, in, in your savings, what is it worth to you to keep and hold on to your savings? How much do you want your other family members to possibly contribute to your problem or their problem in the future as well? So it, it really takes a couple generations of um, communication to understand what the risk truly is and how to address that. Uh, and there are so many different ways right now to you know, make that assessment. You have to look at your health. You have to look at your parents' health. How old were they when they possibly passed away or needed some type of nursing home care? And, you know, what's that impact going to be like to the generations that succeed you? So Well, well one of the things I was saying with the two of the magazines I own, I've seen the proliferation um, just in metro Atlanta of, I mean, so many 55-plus communities. I mean, you, you every time you look around, there's another. So, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm not – you guys do the you know the actuaries people know how long people are living these days but you know it just seems that uh you know people i don't know i don't know what the average life expectancy and i know Michelle, we talked about that I didn't, you know there's a whole different situation what you've gone through in your life um but you got people going when do you buy you know like i said or when do you buy long-term care um you know and again i i don't want to put you all on the spot with that but you know a lot of people don't even think about it or know it's an option because yeah. i mentioned to somebody after they're like what are you even talking about they don't even understand it if they have a financial advisor or an insurance advisor that can sit down and go through, because it's really all in stages, just like life insurance. You buy different amounts and types of life insurance depending on if you have children, if you don't, what do you want your legacy to be. Same with long-term care. How, you know, Are you looking to how do you want to live your life if something happened? Do you have children who can take care of you? Because if you don't, you're, what's going to happen then? I mean, I took care or of. If you don't want your children, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. What's that saying? Like, be nice, uh, pick your nursing home, or something like that. So, but 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 the, what I hear, yeah, but you I would say in the 40, 30 to forties is usually the time you have people. Be, once their kids are a little bit older, they start looking at long term care, and then they're also that sandwich generation. So, if you're in your forties, your parents now are in their seventies and eighties, you're appreciating a little bit more. Then when you're in your 20s and your parents maybe were in their 40s and 50s, you're not thinking of having to take care of them. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, my, my generation is, uh, you know, um, very much in that. My kids are older now, but, you know, I was even thinking about life insurance the other day of going, you know, I don't have little kids anymore. So, you know, that's different. But something happened to my wife or, you know, my parents. You know, you got all these dynamics yeah. in both sides of it. So, Well, give me an example. Both Jane and I have lost our fathers in the last few years. Her father had long-term care. Mine didn't. Mine had to go to a county nursing home. That wasn't the best situation for him. 
and he we knew he only had a couple months but he didn't want to go there he never wanted to go to a nursing home had we had insurance then my mom maybe might have been able to afford she's out of state so I wasn't there to help having someone come in and he could have been happy knowing it was the end of his life but doing it at home on his terms versus having no choice to go into a home because my mom could no longer care for him that's a great example I don't think you can get much better at a personal level for both of you guys of that because you know people gotta you know gotta think through that well in it's been said and I think uh, Michelle you said it a while ago people don't think about insurance sometimes until they need it right you know with that I'm curious just to kind of shift for for just a moment what is something fulfilling that each of you uh, experience by being in this industry for so long? That's good. Good question. Because yeah. it is complex, it is challenging, yeah. and it's ever-changing as I understand it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I always go first, right? Yeah. <laughs> 25 well, years, right? Uh, that's right. <laughs> but I, should but know. I don't want to cut uh, your uh, thought off. So, Rick, <laughs> yeah. you, I'm gonna, uh, okay. Rick, you go first. Yeah, uh, you know, you're, we were, let's talk about long-term care. I paid my first long-term care claim back in the 1990s um, with a, uh, a lady who was a widow who actually had to go on claim. And, uh, you know, she became a client of mine because her CPA recommended that she talk to me about long-term care. And so that's really how we get our clients is a lot of referrals from advisors like that. So we would, um, you know, when I had to pay that claim, it was in New York State. There was a a partnership program that was rather in its infant stages. It's kind of evolved over the years now, but still to know that this lady wouldn't have to rely on her children or go into her uh, her assets that she wanted to pass on to her children um, gave me a lot of uh, fulfillment and said, yeah, okay, I think that's why I'm doing this job. That's awesome. That's great. How about you, Michelle? My biggest thing is I really try to educate the employees that we manage and the clients on how to best manage their health care dollars. And so the thing that I enjoy is when I get that phone call like, hey, I did what you told me (laughs) and I saved like $800. I'm like, that's why I'm here is to educate people because oftentimes you don't realize and it's not on purpose is you overpay for things. I mean, even something as simple as filling the prescription People assume it's the same price everywhere, and it's not. You were telling me that I think after yeah. you came on the show last time, and I was like, "What's that?" Well, there's a good RX. Yeah, yeah and I was, like, and I, I, w- I never thought about that until you told me. And the other day, yeah. I was googling, somehow I stumbled upon it. I'm like, I need to ask her. I still <laughs> yeah. don't understand. So, t- so good RX, you go on, and you can research. So I just had someone email me this morning, and she could have gotten her prescription with their insurance for fifteen dollars, but when I went on good RX, it was nine dollars and forty two cents at Kroger. Now, granted, that's a six dollar savings. But six times 12 is $72, and I think she can do something better with her $72 on an annual and basis. And this thing that's the same. Yeah. <laughs> but I did a meeting a couple of years ago at one of my clients, and I always educate on how to save, how to be a good consumer, how to ask questions. And I always go through my training on prescriptions. And the one gentleman took the GoodRx card home to his stepmom and said, hey, I know you're paying a ton of prescriptions. I want you to look up everything you do, and let's see if we can save you money. And he called and let me know just by doing that, she saved $600 a month. Wow. Because yeah. people don't know to ask questions because they just assume, well, if it's the same pill, it's got to be the same price everywhere. And unfortunately, it's not. See, I, I thought that. I mean, I just was thinking of, you know, if it's Joe Blow medicine, you're getting prescribed that, you know, I never thought about, hey, it might be five more dollars or cents. Did you know that you can get your um, antibiotics for free at Publix? Um. Yeah, I think I've seen the so, signs. I don't think I've ever done. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So there's just certain programs out there, but it's being in this day and age, you have to ask questions 
Like even just a bill in the mail, just don't assume it's correct because they show that one and four are incorrect because it's all electronic coding. Is going looking at it, do the math, do your homework, make sure it matches up, right. and talking to if you have questions, you know who ever helps to manage your uh, benefits, like in my case, they, my customer service team, is call in and ask, is this correct? You have to be your own advocate. Oh, you have to. You, you have, have to, to continually ask questions because, yes. especially like now, for example, an MRI, most people five, 10 years ago would go to the hospital and it'd be like 2,000, 2,500. Mm -hmm. Well, now there's freestanding where if you pay cash, you can do it for $400. And so, and people think, well, I have insurance. Okay, well, if you're gonna pay 1,800 with your insurance card or 400 cash, yeah, I, it's great you have insurance, but let's pay 400 and be more frugal with your dollars. Because insurance truly is there to insure the risk and the big ticket items. It's okay if you pay for things outside of right. your insurance if you're going to save <laughs> yeah. money. So sure. going back to that car thing, I mean, my wife worked in medical malpractice insurance for years, so protecting doctors, you know, uh, you know, something goes wrong. So she's our, we have different lanes we've developed, and we'll be hitting 24 years of marriage too. So, so we her lane, my lane, and we just, uh, like, she's the insurance because she knew a lot, you know. And, um, you know, one of the things you think about, she always says, you know, with our car insurance, you know, you would be better to pay for that. And, you know, you don't want the deductible. I mean, you know, uh, the we have the higher deductible. Yeah. But I hadn't really thought of that concept applying to something like an MRI because when my kids had to have one or whatever, who, I don't know if we've ever even asked the question. Yeah. You yeah. know, because, yeah. you, you know, she checks, but I don't well, know. It's always the most expensive at, uh, most expensive at a hospital setting versus an outpatient center. right? And there are a lot that have come out now for CT scans, even blood work. And part of it is to market to the uninsured or those who have like a high deductible plan and trying to get costs down. But overall, we have to get costs down. And so there's all of these different ways to save money. You just have to know, ask, do research. I mean, I've had people call me with questions and it always makes me feel good. Okay, you were listening in my meeting if you called me and asked me. Yeah. Uh, because there is a lot of money to be saved because well, it's expensive no matter what you do but i'd like to try and find you know the least expensive route that we can absolutely so with with the with the plethora of people in the insurance industry so rick and we'll start with you on this one give us one reason i mean you both are great folks ryan and i know you both we know why we would do business with you but it's like would you but buy from you you know what's your brand or why, actually, i know she's what helps you stand apart for people to work with you, you as opposed to somebody else well i wear a couple different hats because i actually recruit and train other insurance agents that might be competitors in the in the marketplace so uh, why would people want to work with me? Why would people be attracted to working with me? I believe in the relationship. And if, if somebody wants to go online and do their business online, that's great. But I've made a, a great living in the relationship business. I love that. And so I will continue to do it that way. Uh, I can also work with people online, but I'm not a bot. Yeah. Right. And I get in my car and I can put on my mask and you I can, can go yeah. actually be a human <laughs> yeah. instead of your call is very important to us. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not. Your call is not important to well, him. And uh, let me give a yes. shout out to Rick too, because I have a little personal insight uh, into him and want to let the listeners know that you don't just sit back and take in what you've learned. You are a lifelong learner. You continue to learn both in your industry, but also in your self-leadership learning. And that bodes well to me when I'm looking and wanting to work with somebody. So kudos to you. Well, good. Uh, well and, and then, yeah. you know, that, uh, I just want to say that factor, 
I think, and Michelle, I want to hear what you have to say, but I, I know what Jane and I think is that relationship or return on relationship, return on, you know, it's not just all about some ROI or some just another transaction. People are buying Rick. I mean, they're, they're saying, you yeah. know, we, we trust you and value this relationship and you're going to take what you say because we know you care about us. Yeah. And that's, isn't that the quintessential thing behind all business relationships well, or all that's relationships? that's really what I've always tried to do. I jokingly tell my clients I'm a mother hen. And I look at the dollars because I have clients who spend 100000 a year in premium and my largest is like $39 million. So I look at every dollar that they spend as if it's my own. And how can, if this was my family, how would I do? And I have a lot of people ask, well, if this was you, what would you do? Okay, well, let's look at this scenario of my family at these challenges, let's do this. You know, I just worked with one client that the renewal came in at 80% on their group health plan. And we worked for months to find a new strategy. And it was a lot of time invested, but they knew that I was committed to finding them a different way. And, you know, it's not always easy. There's not a lot of control. I don't control the rates that are issued by the carriers, but I truly work to make sure we have the best plans at the best dollar. And then helping those employees navigate those waters as we've talked about, it's extremely confusing. When you well, put, um, put packages or variables together to let them see yeah, the option. Yeah. That's why Michelle is known as a tenacious client advocate. I love that. Tenacious and a client advocate. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I don't think, you know, the client advocate, you know, and I know in both y'all's jobs, how important is a marketing-related show but all marketing is based upon, you know, sales and customer service. How important is that? You've know, got a few minutes left here, David. How important is that customer service aspect? And in some companies, I know, to your point, it's kind of a lost art, Rick. You know, it's like I told in an earlier show, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I said, uh, uh, I ca- you called me back. Um, we had emailed you. I d- I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, you know, and, yeah. I mean. Well, I tell employees all the time that zero doesn't work any longer. Right. right. So right. I have some carriers I can call. If you hit the Spanish line, you get right through. Yeah, so yeah. that is a trick if I you know, ever don't want to hold. I know. <laughs> Because they have less calling. <laughs> but no, our on all of our uh, handouts that we give, our name, phone number, and contacts are first before the carriers because we're, you're not a number and you're a person and we want to help you. You can always call the carrier, but we're your advocate. You call us and we answer the phone. That's and awesome. that's what we're there to help with. So what is one, with that, with that segue into uh, Michelle and Rick both, what's one lesson that you've learned? You've learned many. I know we all have. That you want our audience to really hear you know so zone in audience listen up come back into us what's one thing that you want them to hear lesson learned operating in the client's best interest is paramount to any other interest that the insurance agent may have love it love it love For it me Michelle. it's listening because every person has a story to tell and it's not just about the insurance it's how it impacts them their family mm-hmm. and being there and I feel over the years, for 16 years, I consider my clients, we call it our family, our WA family, not, oh, you're just my client, is truly, you know, listening, being there, supporting them beyond just that financial transaction. Well, real quick, we probably better, uh, Michelle and Rick, why don't yeah. you each take a chance of giving your, how can people reach out to you, the easiest way, website or email or whatever it is, um, the best way to reach you. Uh, Michelle, how about you? Uh, Michelle Sutter, my work email is M, my first initial, Sutter, at WIAonline.com. And then the same website, WIAonline.com, will take you to the consulting group because we're a company of many divisions and cover all lines of insurance. So you can find me on there. And then also, of course, on LinkedIn. 
Awesome. Okay. Rick? Rick? Okay. I'm also on LinkedIn. I also have uh, my mobile number is 678-634-2800. Easy to remember. Yeah, I like yeah, that. There you it's go. It's always there. My website is uh, amgida.com. And my email address is rsutter at amgida.com. Well, hopefully, and we're going to have a lot of people reaching out, and I know you guys encouraged with people with questions and mm-hmm. things they've heard today's show of saying we don't really even know what that means, but at least you could help them get started, right? Yeah, and even yeah. if they have a question or want to look at a claim or how to use GoodRx, you don't have to be my client. I'm okay. more than happy to help. You save money. It doesn't mean you have to be my client. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that's kind of how I know Jane and I approach it, too. That's doing the right thing. It's doing the right thing. Doing and, the and, right thing. Um, you know, it's doing the right thing, and I tell people a lot of times when people ask me about marketing stuff, so I can look at it. I can give you my analysis. Well, press your wife. You can go home and say, look, I saved money. I know. Right? <laughs> Wait, just, I, I'll have all these nuggets, and yeah. then it'll be like the third time I've told her the same thing. She's like, literally, you've told me the same story. <laughs> Oh, you know, she has that problem too. Oh yeah, yeah. We hey, met, we hey, met, hey. we I met. Yes, but she, she's literally like, and then I, she goes, and not only did I tell you, I've heard the story. You continue to tell me it a third time, and I'm like, but it was so funny. She's like, I, I was there, I remember, and I apologized. You know, and some of my close friends are like, dude, it, we're just so embarrassing that you keep telling the same story that we just let you tell it again. Like when they're laughing and like we're laughing at you. you know, I got it, but well, we ma- love you. Ryan. Thank yeah. you, I appreciate. It. Well, Michelle, um, I just want to thank you for all you have done and been um, um, in support of this show and thank you so much for coming back and spending time with us thank you thank you for and, having us uh, Rick uh, man it's so great to meet you'll connect with you on LinkedIn uh, later and uh, certainly a guy of t- tremendous background and experience so thanks for coming on the show thanks Ryan good to see you absolutely good to have you both thank you Jane yeah. Well, folks, uh, you can watch this show. I mean, excuse me, listen to the show on the second and fourth Thursday uh, live every month. Go to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and hit listen live, or go on any podcast platform. There he goes. I'm on a walk. Yeah. 24-7. You just go, and we're Googleable. Yeah. Ryan Sowers. Because we rock it. We rock, like D. Snyder in the old days. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> Mike Salmon. That's what I just put good food. You, you got to have Mike Salmon. All right. Well, for my co-host, Jane Bishop, Jane Bishop out live. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Ryan. And I want to thank you folks for coming on uh, Marketing Matters on Business Radio X. With Thanks to my shout-out, Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister, for being in the studio today. <laughs> and thanks for our guests, for my co-host. You've been listening to Marketing Matters with Ryan Sowers. And until ne- next time, folks, make your marketing matter. <laughs>